There's a certain moment in the genesis of any great coaching career or coaching business where the chains get taken off. And in today's episode, our guest, Jessica Miller, unpacks that one moment that I feel like every coach does end up going through. And it's something that when you get past this one roadblock, clients are easier to work with best clients start coming in to work with you. Your results that you get clients starts to get far better. And then the referability that you get from this one roadblock that gets smashed goes to an extremely high level. So let's dive into the episode today with Jessica Miller. She is a sales and growth strategist for coaches, consultants, and service-based people who I think you're going to enjoy. Welcome to the UpCoach Podcast for modern coaches and creators with your host, Todd Herman. In 20 minutes or less, our goal is to share one big idea that will transform your coaching and your business. So let's get into today's episode. Jessica Miller, welcome to the UpCoach Podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you know, we've got a bit of an intro that people have already had to you in your world and work, but straight from the horse's mouth, actually, is that even appropriate to say to people anymore? I don't know. Like, <laughs> people do get offended by that. I don't know. Anyway, I'm a farm ranch kid, so horse's mouth is straight from you. Give everyone just a quick little background on who it is that you work with and then how you got into the work that you do and then why you chose the method of delivery of coaching or mentoring people through this process, because some people would just take a straight consulting approach with this, which I know you do as well, but all those kind of like three good things I'd love for you to kind of share with people before we dive into the one thing that's made a huge difference in your ability to get people results. Yeah. So happy to share. So straight from the horse's mouth. (laughs) Yeah, I'm Jess Miller and I started my business as a business coach and I worked with people on creating what I call their hell yes offer. And after doing that and really helping people blow their business up in a really powerful way of connecting that hell yes energy of things that really excite them with the offer that they share with people, I started working with more established entrepreneurs. And when I started working with them, what I found was it wasn't about just creating hell yes offers because they had a business, it was growing, those offers were proven, and they were enjoying it. But there was something that was making them hit this plateau. And so I started working with them on optimizing their offers for profits and really looking for that gap in their business that was going to create the biggest amount of momentum, energy, cash flow, clients, whatever that was, and then helping them create plans around doing that thing that's working that much better. And so what it resulted in was them creating more money and more time with doing a whole lot less. So we're just going to stop there for a second because it's not like you're helping shipping companies create offers, right? Like you're, when you talk about, offers, you're talking specifically about people that are mostly in the digital entrepreneurial space or their coaches. Who is that specific person that you typically go and work with? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's mostly service-based entrepreneurs, coaches, and a variety of people who are working online, could be digital agencies, et cetera. But we've also worked with people very hyper-local that are brick and mortar. So in the med spa space and places like that, where people have a product and it's it's tight, the niche is tight, but it's the same concept. It's just delivered in a slightly different way. Yeah. And in markets like that, it's highly competitive as well. And a lot of people are kind of making the same, whether it's claims or et cetera. Now, Jess is unique because I know Jess's business quite well. 
She's been in our world for a long time. Our world meaning the coaching and mentoring that we do for other people that are thought leaders and mentors. We've got e-commerce people as well. So I know Jess's world, and I've seen this sort of genesis that you've had in your career. I'd love to kind of dig into that one thing that's made a huge difference in the way that you show up with clients. Because I mean, we could go down this rabbit hole, and I'm sure the audience would love to hear more from you on offers and how to actually, you know, language your thing so people want to take you up on it, but they can follow up with you afterwards at your uh, website on that. This is more about your kind of journey of how do you start showing up in a different way. So what's that one thing that's made a big difference for you? Yeah. So I bet it's no secret to anybody listening to this podcast right now that I'm from New York. (laughs) And so that sort of stuck with me my whole career about being sort of a direct person and a big energy. And at first, I think I really dialed that down. I didn't want to push my customers too much. I didn't want to push my clients too much. But the truth of the matter is that I think as coaches and consultants, People need us to hold that space for them in a way that's powerful. And that means sometimes just being able to lay it down on the line in belief that your client is going to create what it is that you're seeing and being able to give them permission to sort of get rid of the rest of the stuff. And I found personally when it comes to growth and really dialing in to those one things that work, you have to give people permission to go all in on that and own it. And sometimes they're in a place where they're afraid to, you know, let go of the other things. If you show up in that wishy-washy energy, they will respond to that wishy-washy energy with their own insecurities. What do you mean by wishy-washy energy when someone has that in the way that they're engaging with you? And I know you've got so many other friends that are also in the coaching and consulting type space who I'm sure would be challenged by being a little bit wishy-washy, even themselves with clients or they've got clients or which. So what is your kind of context of wishy-washy that a client might show up with? Yeah, I think it's fear-based. It's disbelief. I mean, the bottom line when you're on a call with somebody and they need your help is that they're not fully in belief yet. Either they need the validation of that or they need your expertise or your outside perspective. But when you're coming to the table and you see it or they're not staying focused on it, You need to be able to be all in on the result that you're helping them create so that you can hold the space for them to decide, to commit, to believe in that. And I believe if you show up in that place, at least this is what happened in my business, when you're not bulletproof in the belief, in your own abilities and what you're seeing and your expertise, it's hard to hold the space for somebody else to believe that. And that plan that you're putting forth if you believe it is the best opportunity for them, if you're marrying that with the data and your experience, then you have to be able to help them buy into that too. And the ability to do that, I think, is a really powerful piece in them creating that result. Agreed. If someone's been listening to this podcast numerous times, Lisa, you'll know how much I hard index on the idea that many coaches don't show up with enough accountability skill set with clientele. So take me back then to the early phases of your business then, Jess. Like what was the world like when you kind of didn't own that skill set and set of talents that you did have? So what was that like then for you in working with clients? Yes, that's a great question. I'll tell you the number one thing that happens is 
all your boundaries get blown through. You're not owning the call. You're not owning the space. Your calls are running over. You're scheduling things at times when you shouldn't be scheduling them. And your client's growth is stalling because you're not holding them to your point, to that accountability of this is the plan. Here's the deliverable. And where are you? And if you're not there, why are you not there? Like, let's push on that and talk about it in this vein of camaraderie and understanding. You know, you're holding people to a hard edge, but you're doing it from a place where they trust you and they know you and they, you know, it's from a place of love. I think as businesses grow, it gets really lonely at the top. So in addition to your point of like not being straight consulting, the coaching part is being a trusted guide with people who are running this business and there's so much going on and there's some things that just need to happen to create the results that they want and you're there to keep them focused on that thing with love but with no nonsense in my opinion going back to the whole owning your whether it's your process owning your results that you got in other people what was some of the experience for you for why you weren't showing up in the way that you needed to early on? Was there any, like, whether there was at all, I don't know. But what was that that you thought might have been getting in the way? Yeah, I think for me, it was being afraid of what the client was going to think. It was not being in belief of myself and my own intuition and my expertise Mm -hmm. to be able to show up on that call fully. And frankly, in fully in service of the client, I was worried more about me, what they would think, whether they would like the feedback, even whether it would work. And so as a coach, when you get into that space like that, your head really isn't in the game. It's really about you in those moments. And it was a disservice to my clients, I think, too, at that time. I love the way that you went right off the bat with how when you show up in a way that you're not owning your talents or skill sets, or you're not going to own accountability with clients and kind of have a set of standards, you lose boundaries right away with people. Yes, totally which I think would resonate with a lot of the people that would be listening. So I have a premise with the world of coaching and expertise that when people are starting out, and you can kind of tell me if what you think about this, I think the mistake that a lot of people make when they're starting out is they make a lot of grand claims about what it is they can go and help people with. So they kind of, it sounds very general as opposed to being hyper-specific and helping someone with only their you know, morning routine if they were a personnel kind of health type coach or gut health coach. And they, no, I'm only here to help people with gut health. And they might even have some skill sets and talents beyond gut health stuff, but they end up saying, I'm, gonna, I'm here to completely maximize and create a holistic life for you. And it becomes super wishy-washy then. And then it's really hard to own something. And so I don't know about you and your perspective, because you've been around this space for a real long time, if you see anything similar. Plus, you also work with people on their offers. So you have a very different perspective. And you probably have to coach some people through that process too. Yes, I agree with what you're saying. And I also want to add that not only do people go out with these bigger claims, because they're coming from that internal space of I'm going to do all the things for you because they think that's where the value is. But also when you're coming from the space where you're not owning it, owning your own expertise and standing in that energy of it and holding that for your clients, you also over effort. 
that's the flip side of it. You think I'm going to do all the things, like whatever I could throw at people, because your brain thinks more is more valuable. Mm. You start to over effort. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you want to talk at midnight? We'll talk at midnight. Oh, here's this other thing. It's like all this stuff. Oh, you need help with that? I'll help you with that. And what it's really doing is just diluting the potency of where all of your expertise is. Because there's a thing that you do really well as a coach that makes you uniquely you. I mean, you and I have talked about this quite a bit, right? It's that identity. And then going all in on that and helping people with that thing, I think is really where you're channeling all of that expertise. Yeah. And then to your point, there's the other stuff, but maybe there's somebody else you refer to or it's another piece of the puzzle, but you keep that lens very tight. And then people can make, create results and make that piece move. And then you can layer the other stuff on if your expertise is outside of that scope. But you're not trying to do everything for everybody. Yeah. Inside of UpCoach, I talk to the members that are on the platform. And then I'm building out a a course and a program called Transformation-Led Growth, which has kind of always been the engine that I've used to grow and scale all my different kind of training and coaching companies. And inside of that, there's kind of four R's that move this engine inside of it. And one of them is referability and referral. And one of the things that people really miss out on if they don't become hyper known for one thing is you miss out on those circumstantial, situational experiences when someone is out in the world and they use literally the specific language that you're custom built to help people with. And you go, oh, alter egos, that's Todd Herman. You know, like that's a superpower that I have is that I own that kind of category around the world now. And yeah, I see so many people just not to kind of take the conversation too far down the rabbit hole, but I just see so many people when they're starting out, they don't hyper language themselves into a tiny circle of, no, I want to be known for this one thing. And then I'll build concentric circles around it, so to speak. Totally. And to the point about some of these solutions too, Todd, like what you're building, when you have a tight offer, when you have a tight problem that you own and a solution for it, all the other build outs become super tight. So if you go into UpCoach, then you know exactly how to build it. You know exactly what your messaging is. You know where those people hang out. It makes your life so much easier. And we think that by constraining, we're going to create less, but it creates so much more. That's a great point. It does make all of the other businessy work that we all have to do in order to, you know, whether it's extend our brand out there, get ourselves more known, write content or create speeches or workshops and all that good stuff that we need as assets to help get ourselves known. You're absolutely right. It makes all of that so much easier. Was there an inciting moment for you though, Jess, where you were like, hey, I'm not going to play that way anymore. I'm going to own this New Yorker kind of stand my (laughs) ground, create my boundary type of thing. Like, was there sort of an inciting moment for you that kind of caused you to make that shift? Because it, it is a shift that has to be made by coaches at some point in time. Very, very few people typically would ever start that way. Yeah, I think it was absolutely working with mentors, like people like you who are seeing it before you're seeing it. They're honing in on that thing. They're basically reflecting it to you. So it was hearing that. And then it was also just looking at the data. You know, what did I feel like when I got off of these calls? Who were my best clients? What kind of results were they creating? And reverse engineering that, really dissecting it and picking it apart. And for me, when I show up fully as who I am and I can hold people to that space, I feel totally differently. And I was creating different things for myself. I'm also a high touch, like potent coach. I want to go in deep with people. 
So my ability to be able to create results like that when I made that shift became so much more powerful. So that meant helping people in less time create bigger outcomes. And for me, that was like 100% hell yes. So I was like, I'm all in on that. So it was a combination of the feedback as well as that listening to that internal intuition kind of calling me to that thing and then looking at the data and saying, hey, this is actually working. Let's do more of that. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting you bring up just the way that you said it, it's an interesting point that in some ways, one of the things that was causing you to not be able to kind of ground yourself in the ownership of the results that you can give people is because the external way that you are working with clients wasn't completely in alignment with how Jess is actually built. Totally. Meaning, you know, some people think that, well, the holy grail is long-term engagements with people where you're working with them for a long period of time. I say that because in the very first part of me starting to work with higher and higher level athletes back in the late 90s, I had a rule of you can only work with me for 59 days and then that's it. And the reason was because, A, I loved the accountability of working with people very, very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to work with clients long-term, frankly, as well, because not everyone did I really like working with. I want to come in like a hot shot, solve it, and then go. The other flip side of that was because everybody else that was my competitor in the marketplace made it sound like change was going to take a really long time because they were like sports psychologist type people. And now it's six months, one year. And all of that was creating unneeded doubt inside of the market. And so I come in and like, no, it's only 59 days. We can take care of this. But it was always a very specific thing. We're going to work on your focusing skills. We're going to work on your confidence skills. We're going to work on your XYZ skills. So I'm going to bring that up because it's just interesting that the way that you also found your place wasn't because you needed to get past imposter syndrome or something like that. It was because the offerings that you had out there weren't really a good mirror of kind of who you are and how you like to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And really pushing on that belief that you just mentioned that, again, more is better. And it's not always better. People will tell you more time is better. More offers are better. Talk to more people. Help a bigger audience. I actually believe the exact opposite. And I think time and energy are one of your most valued resources. So if you can create a result by constraining that, to your point, with a very specific outcome, then go for it. Like that is just a beautiful combination. But you have to, to your point, be the right person who wants to deliver it in that way and can create the results in that way. And your clients have to want that. So they all have to match up. But when it's out of alignment, you feel it, in my opinion. Mm, Yeah. This is a great conversation. I love what you had shared around this one thing that, you know, coaches really finding their internal alignment with, you know, owning your skill sets, aligning itself to the business that you basically got out there with the offer. That's, I never necessarily looked at it specifically that way, but I really like that new kind of lens of like, it's that maybe you're not broken. Maybe it's the way that your business is built that's broken. I like that way more because I'm, I try to relieve people in the work that I try to do with clientele and stuff is I try to relieve a lot of the issue being about you, know, you Jessica, and sometimes something that's external to you. It's not a you thing. It's an environmental thing instead. Yes, right. Well, I've loved seeing your genesis and how you show up and all the great clients that you get to impact with the work that you do. So on that note... 
Where can people go to learn more about you and your world and the stuff you have going on? Yeah. So you can go to www.jessicamillercoaching.com. I'm also out on all the interwebs of social media under the same handle. You can find me there. And we have some great offers, but they are tight. And so again, if you're looking for those results that are powerful and potent and you want to get quick results, that's really where we are in a very specific niche. Jessica, thank you so much for sharing your kind of journey in the world of coaching and mentoring and consulting other people. I love the insights you shared. So thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the UpCoach podcast with your host, Todd Herman. I hope you got a lot of value from today's episode. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. You get notified when we drop our next episode every week. Just type in the UpCoach podcast in the search and click the subscribe button on your favorite listening platform. And a review, a little snar rating, wouldn't hurt. And finally, all the show notes, tips, links shared, and the transcript is over at upcoach.com slash podcast, where you can also get your free trial for our modern transformation platform, specifically built for coaches and creators that care. The UpCoach podcast is produced by our friends at Ventures FM. Now that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time. And of course, keep on coaching.